quick rant. I am so sick of officials being such a large part of the game. They affect actual game outcomes more than they should. Do we need penalties? <laughs> you bet we do. But they should be focused on player safety for one, and then blatant violations of other rules. There's holding on every play, so stop calling it. We don't even know what roughing the passer is anymore, and honestly, what's a more important flag to throw? The egregious face mask penalty that gets missed way too often, or that stupid ticky-tacky holding call you guys make 10 times a game? You get a lot of serious injuries off that uh, holding, do you? Give me a break. Do better. Welcome to the Common Ground Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian McLaughlin and Andrew Guzman. Common Ground Football Podcast, episode 76. Week 9 of the NFL is here. What's going on, everybody? Uh, apologies for no episode last week. And uh, that leads us right into where I want to start today, right now. Uh, you haven't heard Andrew's voice yet. Uh, that's because, unfortunately, he isn't here. I'm going to ride solo today and will be for the foreseeable future, it looks like. Um, Andrew has some personal stuff he needs to attend to. And being the friend he is... Um, you know, he can take all the time he needs and, uh, the show will definitely be r right here when he's ready to come back. Um, this thing was his idea to begin with, and it wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for him mentioning it to me one day, just at random. So, uh, he knows, I hope, I don't even know if he's going to listen to this, but I, I, I am forever grateful, uh, to him for that because it has opened, um, a whole new world for me and is partially letting me kind of realize a, a dream of doing, you know, quote unquote radio. And, uh, I love it. So in the meantime, you get me the Seahawks fan. And, um, for our listeners that are Dallas Cowboys fans, I ask you to bear with me, stay with us while we wait for Andrew's return. Uh, we'll do that together. How about that? Um, I am sure some of you tune in just for him. Uh, totally get that because his football smarts are definitely better than mine. I'm just a crazy Seahawks fan. Uh, that dude actually under like gets football. Um, but please give this little show a chance because uh, I have some fun plans I'm going to do while he's out and, uh, I'm going to swallow my pride as a matter of fact, and actually talk Cowboys every single show. I promise, uh, that will hurt me in the long run, but that's, that's what I'm going to do because that's what friends do. They help each other out. So, um, Andrew buddy, if you're listening, take your time, man. And, uh, when you're ready, we'll be here. I hope your Cowboys. No, I'm not even gonna go that far. I was gonna say I hope they win, but let's not let's not get crazy, huh? Let's not get nuts. That being said, let's get the show rolling, and uh, we're gonna start with a week seven recap, um, and then we'll uh, do a week week eight recap since we missed we missed week seven. We'll do uh, we'll do that first, and then we'll do a week eight, and then. Um, it's going to be a pretty normal show. I have a couple of NFL news stories I want to talk about. And um, then we'll jump right into previewing week nine. Uh, hard to believe that it's already time for that. And uh, we get Dennis from Ohio as a question for the week. And uh, game picks. The usual stuff. Just me. 
and we'll have some fun. I'm sure of it. And so let's let's uh, let's get right into it. Um, week seven. Uh, didn't have a show, of course. Again, apologies for that. Dallas stomped all over the um, Eagles, which I'm sure Andrew absolutely loved. And uh, on the other side of things, my Seattle Seahawks, um, well, how do we put this? Uh, I'm going to use the word embarrassed. The Seahawks were absolutely embarrassed by the Ravens in Seattle at their own damn stadium. Uh, it was gross. I don't even know what else you can really say. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to go through it all and, and sit here and, and dissect the game. They just flat out got their asses kicked and they looked awful. And it's hard to believe that they are two and two at home and undefeated on the road. That place, the 12s, you guys are still loud as hell. That's for sure. Still loud as hell. You get into it. Um, but it wasn't that long ago where that stadium was feared, man. Like teams didn't like to come up there and play. They were so scared and it was almost a no matter what team it was, it could be the best team in the league. And they still that you could almost always pencil that in as a win. Um, since Pete Carroll got here, it's just been the, it's, it's been automatic, but these last couple seasons, I don't know what's happened. But the the edge that we had up over there in Seattle, uh, home field advantage, that edge is kind of – it's not that it's gone. It's that teams aren't afraid to play there anymore, basically. And I don't know – again, I don't know why that is. I don't know what the reasons are. If I did, I probably could, you know, offer some advice on how we fix it. But I have no idea. But it sure would be nice for teams to actually be afraid to play there again. But right now they're not at all. And uh, that needs to change. So Ravens came in there and just absolutely destroyed them. I'll tell you what, one thing um, before we move on, Lamar Jackson, that he's a stud. And we knew going in, uh, I had talked about it um, before. I've said it, I said it on Twitter too. He, I said on the radio uh, here in town, uh, he's, he's very, I was worried about facing him because in watching his other games this season, I mean, he's very Kaepernick-like. And Kaepernick used to just run all over the Seahawks. He just used his legs. I mean, it wasn't – he was playing the Hawks when they had Sherman and they had Cam and they had Earl, um, Maxwell. I mean, they had good a good secondary. So it's not like his, his throwing stats were all that great. But, man, he could run. He had a stride that was just insane, and he could run. And Lamar Jackson's the same thing. He's not – his throwing game still has work. I mean, it's still got to evolve. It's not even anywhere near something, you know, amazing to watch, but he gets out and all he, all he does, he just waits for that defense to kind of turn their backs and he just takes off. And by that time he's so fast, you can't get him. And that that was impressive to watch. And uh, also embarrassing because the Seahawks couldn't, they couldn't do anything to stop him. Couldn't do anything. So, um, that, that, that we're just going to put that game behind us. Uh, the Ravens are a good team. I'm kind of hoping that they uh, make the Patriots look kind of silly, but that Patriots defense is for real too. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, so that's all for week seven. Week eight recap that just happened this last Sunday. 
Uh, Dallas is on a bye, so I don't have to say anything about them. Fantastic. Dallas did great in their bye week. Fantastic. Didn't win, didn't lose. That's a great week. Um, Hawks, on the other hand, they, uh, well, I'm going to use the word they escaped. (laughs) They they escaped with another win. Uh, They beat Atlanta, one of the worst teams in the league. One of the surprisingly bad teams because they definitely weren't going to be on anybody's list as a bad team when the season started, but uh, they for sure have uh, become that way. Uh, Flacco didn't play. Flacco, he's not even their quarterback. What the hell am I talking about? Matt Ryan, uh, he didn't even play, and we got uh, 94-year-old Matt Schaub, uh, who hasn't started a game in in 36 years. Uh, Those numbers are not true, but that's what it, it feels like. And he, yeah, we're all... Yeah, I'll talk about what he did, but um, they escaped. It was another win. They won 27-20, but it wasn't a clean win. And that I am begging for just a blowout clean, or not even a blowout, just a a clean, non-stressful. They lead at the start all the way through. It's a comfortable lead, and that's all I want. That's I don't think that's too much to ask. And against a team like Atlanta... I mean that would have that's what it should have been. And unfortunately it wasn't. So let's get right into it. Awesome. Uh my awesome is the first half. The whole first half. Hawks led uh twenty four nothing at the beginning uh, or at the halftime. Offense looked exactly like they should against a bad Atlanta defense. Uh the Seahawks defense were doing their bend but don't break thing pretty well. Uh there were some missed field goals in there. It looked like we were uh, well on our way to a blowout for the first time in a long time. And for once, not even kidding you, I was relaxed at halftime. Like, hey, uh, this game doesn't, you know, feels pretty good. I really enjoyed that. Nice, relaxed feeling at halftime. Not really stressing. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And uh, (laughs) that leads me right into... Bummer. Yeah, that second half. (laughs) Uh, That second half was a piece of garbage. The... Hawks came out and did nothing. The Atlanta outscored them 20 to 3. And it was like watching a completely different team. And I don't understand what happened. I mean, you go into halftime, you're leading 24 to nothing. You would think you'd come out and just keep doing what you're doing because it's working. And maybe you got to make a few adjustments here and there because you know Atlanta's going to make some adjustments. You got Dan Quinn on the other side there as a coach. He, you know, former Seahawks defensive coach. Anybody knows Pete Carroll, it's going to be him. So, yeah, you probably have to make a few adjustments because you know they're going to. But you come out completely flat. I mean, the offense couldn't do anything. And the defense just started making, you know, letting Matt Schaub run up and down, you know, throw up and down the field like he's a freaking Pro Bowl quarterback. So, here, here's the crazy thing. So, Russell... Uh, you're really hoping for a, a humongous bounce back game from him um, based on the Ravens game for him was one of his worst. He finally had a uh, you know an interception. It was a pick six. And we haven't seen a game like that from him in quite some time. And so this one you were kind of hoping. And in that first half, you're like, oh, this is friggin' sweet. But I'm sorry. He, he was 14 for 20, which is great. That's a good completion percentage. Only 182 yards with two touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, QBR 82. All right. 
It's not terrible. But Atlanta had been getting shredded by other teams in the passing game. So your Pro Bowl quarterback, your in the running for MVP quarterback, you limit him to 20 attempts? I mean, what the hell are you doing, Schottenheimer? It's starting to get almost Bevel-esque for me. And I don't want it to go that way. I don't I don't I don't want to feel that way. But I, I'm starting to really question a lot of Pete's decisions and certainly a lot of Schottenheimer decisions because there is no reason you're calling actually a pretty damn good game in the first half. Things are flowing pretty well. Carson looks good. You actually had a finally had your one two punch of Carson Penny. They looked good. Russell looked good. Lockett made some ridiculous catches. That guy needs more attention for the unbelievable skills that he has. But then you come out in the second half and you don't do any of that. It's a completely different game plan. I don't know if it was taking your foot off the gas because that's kind of what it felt like to us fans watching. If Pete told him, hey, let's, uh, you know, let's calm it down a little bit. We got this. I don't know what it is, but it certainly felt like all of a sudden they were doing what I have, you know, preached for weeks now that it feels like they're doing which is playing not to lose instead of just playing to win the damn game that needs to be your mentality i work at a place where you know it's kind of the same thing it's a culture thing right so you know you work in a corporation and you get told no a lot right you ask for things you get told no no a lot and i'm on a committee where i i you know one of the things i brought up is man we can't be a culture of no we got to be a culture of yes right and it's the same thing like there's a culture problem there where they seem to be in this whole thing of playing not to lose instead of playing to win the game you're not going to see the patriots come out of halftime with a 24 nothing lead and take their foot off the gas belichick's going to keep his foot on the gas and they're going to score 24 more points and not think anything of it just like that's what you do you just keep going the Seahawks don't seem to do that. And it's like a Pete Carroll thing. And it's starting to really drive me crazy. And I don't understand it. And then you let shot your defense. I don't understand the defensive scheme at all. It doesn't make any sense. Shot. There is no way that Shab should be. What was his numbers here? 39 of 52. He threw for 460 yards. One touchdown. One interception. Now they finally got pressure. They got two sacks. But with a defensive line that includes, you know, Ziggy Ansah, Jadavian Clowney, you got Jaron Reed back. Um, you know, unfortunately, Quentin Jefferson was out. Um, but you still, there's there's not a lot of pass rush. And you let Schaub just destroy, destroy you. And not having Trey Flowers in there, you could tell. Uh, I will say, Marquise Blair just like I, I noticed in preseason, he hits hard, and that's a future safety. Like, he is going to be the safety. Tedrick Thompson can just leave. I'd be fine with McDougal and and Blair. Blair is, I mean, he's going to get himself in trouble every now and then. Some of his hits are going to get some flags, but I don't care. The guy is, I mean, he he, he plays hard, and uh, it, it reminds me of, of the, the Cam Earl uh, type of play that we have come to love so much out there but still there is absolutely no reason 
for him to throw for 460 yards on you and the fact that they anytime they let a quarterback throw for 400 yards there and they haven't lost those games is mind-boggling to me uh it doesn't make any sense in my brain so i, I don't know that it was basically what i've come up with is that and, and i've gotten shit for this because people want to just look at their record and go hey you know what yeah there there's some ugly things but they're six and two halfway through the year that's cool congratulations you're six and two um at six and two a one and seven now so they were you know five and two at the time of the game but a one and seven falcons team shouldn't be able to do what they did against you good teams destroy bad teams and atlanta is a bad team right now they are not good so i look at six and two and if you'd have told me at the beginning of the season when we got through eight games they were going to be a you know six and two i would have said huh, that's fantastic i'll take it that sounds great and I still, I'm very happy with it. I mean, for crying out loud, you're, you're, and with as good as the Niners have been this season, you, you, <laughs> you better be six and two. Holy crap. Uh, so I'm happy about it, but at the same time, they are not even close to as good as their record is. Not even close. They're not a true six and two football team. Their wins, their six wins have not, have all been escape like escaping with a win type games they're not clean wins they're all you know kind of a uh, you know grit you know bite your fingernails off kind of games none of them are like get out there and kick that team's ass and it's a you know decided win before you even hit halftime you know what i mean like pete always says you can't he started this freaking press conference off like that you can't win games in the first half well no shit but you sure as hell can actually take a lead and then you can hold a lead you can technically not win in the first half but you can sure you know assert your dominance in the first half you can lay the groundwork for a win kind of like we thought they did so i just i don't i look at the schedule moving forward and i get nervous because you have teams like we had a, we saw to play the niners twice and the niners are undefeated and they're not just a, a fluky undefeated with a cake schedule like the patriots the the niners are for real they are legit and their defense is amazing and you got to play them twice still and if you think you're going to play the rams again and beat them again uh that's not going to be easy cardinals aren't as bad as the first time you played them either uh you got to play the vikings that's not a for sure win you know you got the bucks coming up this week they're just as bad as the Falcons. So, I mean, what's going to happen in that game? Sure as hell better beat them, but shit, we don't know. So, I just, I look at the six and two, ecstatic. Right now, if the, if the season were to end, we would actually play, if the season ended today, we'd actually play the Cowboys in a wild card game. So, um, you know, they're on pace to get there. But they got a lot of work to do if they want to actually compete with teams like the Niners and the Saints. Because um, come playoff time, it's one and done, man. You got to get the win. You, you don't just 
oh, we lost that game. We'll get the next one. You lose, you're out. And there's just too many holes. They got too many issues. You got, you got, there's so many bright spots, but you're still handcuffing your pro, you know, your all pro MVP freaking quarterback and not letting him free as much as you should. You know, your, 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 your offense has no rhythm to it whatsoever. And maybe that's by design. You don't want teams knowing, but the problem is your play calling is hundred percent predictable. Everybody knows what you're going to do. You're going to run on every single first down. Guess what they're going to defend? They're going to defend the run on every single first down. And you're cowardly throwing the white flag up on third and 12, third and 18. They'll just do a draw right up the middle. Come on. It's just cautiously optimistic is where I'm going to go, and I'm going to leave it at. Uh, I wish I felt like better. I I wish I felt like, ah, look at that. We're six and two. Here we go. Playoffs, here we come. That's not how I feel at all. I'm nervous as hell about it. Uh, that Niners game, week 10, is that next week? Uh, that's not next week, is it? Good God. We play the Niners on Monday night, and that game makes me nervous as hell. Because like I just told you, the Niners, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's next week. Yeah, Monday night, November 11th, Niners. Good God. I mean, look at their remaining schedule. You got the Bucks this week. Then you got to play the ninth. So Bucks, you know, obviously should be an easy win. You would hope. But again, it's a home. Seahawks are undefeated on the road. Aren't that great at home. Two and two. Uh, so you got the Niners and it's at, you know, in San Francisco or sorry, it's in Santa Clara. Sorry, Dennis from Ohio at that Gene Stadium or whatever. So then you got to go to Philadelphia uh, that's a Sunday night game. I bet that game probably gets flexed out of that spot. And the Eagles, you know, they're disappointing this season, but that's not a guaranteed win. Vikings at home, not a guaranteed win. Then you got to go play the Rams in LA, another uh, primetime game. Um, that's that's not a win, guaranteed. Panthers, you know, it kind of depends on who's a quarterback and what's going on there. But again, that's a tough game. Cardinals again, like I said, not as the you know not as bad as they were when we first faced them, and at that point, that's week sixteen. You know, who knows what they'll be? And then you got to play the Niners to finish the season off at home. So the rest of their schedule, they have the the if you look at the remaining schedules in the NFL, the Seahawks actually if you look, if you base it just off of the winning percentage of the teams that they're facing, uh, they have the toughest schedule for their next, second half of the season. And you have a team that can't give you a clean decisive win and has problems all over the place so i just want everyone who's a seahawks fan to be cautiously optimistic right here okay be happy that we're six and two but you know don't go streaking down the street with your 12th flag getting all like that excited we're not there yet hopefully we don't ever get there that'd be a little weird uh all right thanks for uh indulging me in my little rant there very passionate about my seahawks if you haven't noticed we're 76 episodes in. I would hope that at this point you do know that. Uh, all right, let's go to some uh, some NFL news stories. I just It's a bummer that Andrew's not here because I just wanted to laugh. And all I wanted to say was, uh, so uh, Patriots traded uh, Michael Bennett to your team. Huh? That's a real bummer. So uh, Cowboys did get Michael Bennett. Um, Patriots get a 2021 seventh-round pick. 
that could eventually improve to a sixth round pick if conditions are met. So God, the Bennett story. I mean, it's amazing where he's gone. I mean, what's happened. So I'm just sorry. Cause now he's the Cowboys headache and he's a headache. That's what he is. Um, you know, I, I, I have nothing else to say about it except for us too bad Dallas. It's really sad. And I noticed I read today that they have flat out told him that he they expect him to stand for the national anthem. And we've been over this topic before. And I'm not going to get into it again. But it's interesting that the team that acquired him is flat out telling him, hey, you know, you, you are going to stand with the rest of the team. And you got a player that doesn't necessarily do that. So speaking of trades, the uh, trade deadline came and went today or yesterday as you're listening to this. And uh, I just I pulled up an ESPN article because I, I hadn't even it's been hard to pay, you know pay attention and and keep stock of what's going on and um, been really busy, but um, I wanted to look at you know winners losers. Uh, it was kind of a it was a a dud of a deadline. There wasn't anything huge that happened for sure. Uh, in fact, the article literally starts with well that was disappointing. It was a highly anticipated trade deadline, and and it just bleh, wasn't anything special. There were some winners though. Uh, they have the Rams. Um, they moved Talib uh, today to the Dolphins, and uh, now that they've got Jalen Ramsey, and uh, if that frees up some cap space, and of course they moved Peters, got rid of him, so they're a winner. Uh, Sanu went to the Patriots. Um, of course the Patriots win. Shocker. Uh, apparently the Niners wanted Sanu. They lost out on that, but they did get Emmanuel Sanders. And so they're a winner, especially with the season they're having. Um, Baltimore Ravens, because they got Ramsey. That's a win. He's a, you know, dude's a, a uh, um, he's a drama queen, but he's a damn good player. And I think it's funny that the Dolphins are on this list as a winner because the Dolphins are god-awful. Although, let's give the Dolphins credit. They were leading on the Monday night game. They were up 14 nothing at one point. So even though they're a team that's supposedly tanking, you know, I was kind of hoping they would win it just because it would be funny team that tanking that you know wins a game oops but uh, they made a bunch of moves i'm not gonna go through them all uh losers well he's already he's always been a loser andy dalton quarterback cincinnati Bengals. um it's not even trade related but they put him on here because dalton actually finally lost his job uh he's gonna get benched for rookie ryan finley and uh that's kind of embarrassing for him Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns is funny. They've been losers the whole season, so I'm not sure why. Because they, you know, I guess they could have done some more stuff, but they're awful. Eagles uh, could have. They needed to make some moves, you know, and they didn't do anything. Um, Melvin Gordon for the Chargers. You know, he's been holding out and holding out and holding out, and you know, he's he's not going to get what he wants, and and he's not going to get traded to a team that's going to make a playoff push. So too bad for him. Um. I will add the the Seahawks to this list just for because the the big rumor was or not rumor but well I guess it actually was a rumor no you saw it on like ESPN and stuff but Rashad Penny 
was up there as you know pretend potential uh trade bait because you got chris carson he's having a fantastic season this is his second season in a row or he's just been he i mean he's the lead running back that's for sure and uh penny a a former first round pick you know again was kind of a head scratcher at the time and there's teams out there that absolutely need running back help and you probably could get a you know maybe some help on the defensive line you know there could be stuff you could easily get for him even if it's just draft picks good draft picks uh they decided to keep him of course and didn't move anybody but if you're going to keep penny which honestly i'm totally fine with keeping him you're you they showed in the in uh this last week's game versus atlanta that when it's done right i mean you have a good one-two punch with those two players and i think carson had like 90 yards and then penny what 50 or something something like that um so i'm fine with it and you never know i mean carson goes down and they're different runners carson runs carson wants contact he seems faster than penny they don't use penny 100 percent like they should i mean he was in college rashad penny was an amazing uh he actually is his receiving yards as a running back were were you know eye-opening and it was one of the things when they drafted him i was like oh see that right there it's a check down for russell it's another option for him and i thought they would use him more in the passing game and they just don't which is just weird but you had another inactive player who the seahawks have been so obsessed with and won't just part ways with and that's cj Procise. so if you're not going to move penny you never have both of them active just call your you know your experiment with with Procise over and trade him don't just sit around and do nothing i thought that was puzzling why not move him you need help again there's some holes on the team and even if it's just draft picks for next year you, you got to do something there's no reason to have him sitting on an inactive list or you make him active but then you barely use him at all and then come up with the excuse of, well, you know, just, uh, you know, we just didn't didn't come up as much as we, we would hope to. No, if you're going to, if he's a weapon, use him. So uh, just a little puzzling that they wouldn't have, have done anything. Um, but, you know, Schneider and, and, uh, and Pete have a plan. Although um, when I was on, I was on the Don West show on 560 kpq here in wenatchee washington uh last friday and one of the things that he brought up he'd done all the research is he went through and he looked at all the draft picks that schneider's made and we realized that schneider and pete they're living off of their first couple drafts they were so great that people you know basically wanted to crown them draft gods because of who they were able to draft and then who they got in free agency undrafted free agents and then every draft after those first couple there's only been like one guy maybe two that have you know amounted to anything and there's a whole bunch of names especially the first round picks that aren't even here anymore didn't amount to anything so you need to be careful before you anoint schneider a a draft god because it the the statistics when you actually look say something else so um, I did want to look at a couple things. We haven't done this before, but we're at that part of the season since we're halfway through. There's there's some good games out there 
and I wanted to actually talk about them real quick, just games to watch. Um, I'm interested in tomorrow, the Thursday, so it is tomorrow night by the time you're listening to this, the Thursday night game, San Francisco at Arizona. Again, you got a 7-0 San Francisco team. You got a 3-4 and Arizona team. It's division rivals. Um, should San Francisco down there go down there and absolutely stomp all over them? Yeah, probably. However, this is one of those games you want to watch carefully because you want to see tendencies from the Niners. You want to see how well the, the Cardinals have actually improved. Um, you want to see where Kyler Murray's at. Uh, it's a primetime game. You got nothing else to watch. So if you're a Seahawks fan, I probably would, I would say watch that game um, just to get an idea of, of what you're looking at with those because you still got to play the Niners twice and you got Arizona one more time. Um, Houston at Jacksonville. You got Deshaun Watson, who is um, he? I, why he's not getting mentioned more in the MVP talk is is kind of crazy to me because he's also having a fantastic season. You got these Mahomes, who unfortunately got hurt. You got Mahomes. You got Watson. You got Russell. These guys that pretty much play that position pretty damn close to the same way, and they all need to be discussed as as MVP candidates. Of course, though, what happens is you got AA Ron over there in green bay has one amazing you know one or two amazing games all of a sudden everybody remembers that apparently he's the best quarterback to ever live on the planet and so now he gets all the awards it's disgusting and on the other side you have you're you know, you're, got, you're in jacksonville you got Minshew mania happening that's one of the coolest stories out of the nfl this year i again feel sorry for nick Foles, poor guy you know gonna become a franchise quarterback with a team gets hurt and then you know Gardner Minshew walks in and everybody falls in love with him and you know as a as a Washington State Cougar fan you know it doesn't surprise me at all I think Minshew is a kick in the pants and I love what's going on down there and I, I honestly would find it hard to believe that even when Foles comes back uh that that Foles gets that job I, I gotta believe that <laughs> Foles probably will end up on a new team next year I think Gardner Minshew has the chance to be a legit good NFL quarterback. And there's a lot of people that said that wouldn't happen, but he's taking over down there and he's changing he's changing everything. He had another fantastic game this last week, and they're four and four all of a sudden. So uh that's gonna be a good one to watch. Um <laughs> one don't watch, don't waste your time on. Jets at Miami. Gross. That's that's garbage. Um and then this is the other one. There's two. Your Sunday night game, New England at Baltimore. If you want to look at New England's quote-unquote cake schedule and pick a game that they could lose, this is the one. Now, I've watched the last couple of weeks. I've been able to actually watch New England play. Their defense is insane. So even though they have a cake schedule, their defense is 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 legit. And you got a lot of people saying that they'll be it'll go down as one of the best defenses ever. That being said though, Ramsey Ramsey. <laughs> I'm getting names wrong. Uh Lamar Jackson is a unique talent. And even as it, with a good defense, you still might find it hard stopping him when he's running so i want to see what baltimore can do against new england you got tom brady who is looking his age finally uh in my opinion i don't see anything special there when i watch him and then you got a crazy good defense but on the other side baltimore you got you know you got jackson's legs 
and you got a pretty good defense. So but that game, if I were to pick, if I were, you know, I will be picking the games, and I'm telling you what right now, a little, little sneak peek, I'm picking Baltimore to win that game. Hell yeah. And then Monday night you got Dallas and Giants. Um, and it's in New York. And that's just always fun game because that's division. And, um, you know, Giants are two and six, but um, better things are around the corner for that team now that they finally figured out their quarterback situation. And, uh, but it's divisional and those games are always fun. So make sure you watch that. Um, all right. Week nine preview. Right into that, you got, like I said, Dallas at New Jersey. MetLife Stadium, uh, Giants. Uh, don't have a ton to say except for they came up, you know, you got Dallas coming off a of bye week. You still don't know what this Dallas team is, you know, four and three. First two games, they came out looking unbelievable. Then you lose three in a row. Then you win two. We don't know what they are yet, but coming off a of bye week, you have an extra time to prepare. Uh, Giants being two and six, um, this is a game you expect the Cowboys to dominate. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if if that's what we get. I I still don't know what what we what they have in Dak. He's he's a good quarterback, but is he you know he's what how much money is he actually worth? Every week for him is still trying to prove I'm worth X amount of dollars in an extension. So, you know, what kind of offense are they going to run? What, you know, what's Kellen Moore going to do? Um, so should be an easy win for them, really, when you think about it. But nothing's guaranteed. It's the NFL. <laughs> Anything can happen week to week for sure. Seattle is going to host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um Buccaneers are two and five. They're uh, well, they're bad. They're they're not good. Um, here's here's my here's the fun stat. So you look at quarterbacks because you're basically you're going through and you're comparing you know their leaders, their season leaders. So Winston, their quarterback, um, he's 153 out of you know for out of 263. Wilson's 171 for 250. You know, there's not much difference there. Uh, Winston, 2,072 yards. Russell, 21-27. Again, not much difference. Winston, 14 touchdowns. Russell, 17 touchdowns. You're like, all right, cool. Here's here's the big one, and this is what shows you how good Russell Wilson has been. Um, Winston has 12 interceptions. 12. Russell has one. And it was the worst throw he's made in a long time. So, I you, it's just, come on. It's pretty ugly. So, um, they're just not a great team at all. So, this is one of those things where, um, you know, Seahawks are favored by six. And absolutely should, depending on what team we get, if we get, you know, the first half team from Atlanta, should dominate the crap out of them. We get in the second half. Yeah, anything's possible. So makes me a little bit nervous. But um, CenturyLink will be rocking as usual, and let's. Let, I just hope that we can get some of that home field advantage magic uh, back. 
And uh, I expect um, the same thing as usual, the same game plan, lots of running, uh, lots of bend that don't break defense, and it'll, it'll be the usual stuff from them. Um, I, I just I wish I had more thought into it, but I just don't because I don't know what team we're going to see. And so, uh, and, and injury-wise, we don't know. The, the, the sucky part of that Atlanta game was losing uh, Britt center uh justin Britt, um for the season that's awful and um but we'll see what other injuries we got going on out there get that injury report sunday morning and uh and go from there so um god i hope they just blow them just i hope this is the game that we just get one of those absolute blowouts. I hope that this is the one because we got to get at least one this season, right? Can't we just get one? I don't think that's too much to ask. Should have done it to Atlanta. Should have absolutely killed him. It's frustrating. All right. One thing that's not going away while... Our buddy Andrew is taking some time off. Is our friend Dennis from Ohio and his weekly question didn't have a mailbag this week. I had too much stuff going on, and again, trying to figure out what's going on with the podcast. And uh, but Dennis from Ohio chimed in as he always does this week. Let's see what he has for us. Hey guys, what's up? Dennis from Ohio here with my question for the week. But first of all, you know what I got to say. Woo! My 49ers are still undefeated. And the Patriots, after that ass whooping they just put on the Carolina Panthers, see if that continues this week. It's a short week. Thursday night they play in Arizona, and then Brian sets up a great matchup for Monday Night Football in San Francisco against your Seahawks. So we'll see how that plays out. However, totally non-football related, we're going to switch over to Star Wars. My question for you, Brian or Andrew is I would like to know what your super hot take, that's a spicy meatball ending, how it's going to end based on the commercials that we've seen, the trailers we've seen, hashtag my friends, tribute to C3PO right there. Um, just curious how you guys think it's going to end. Great show two weeks ago since I was unable to listen last week since we did not have one. Um, looking forward to your answers. Have a good rest of the week. As always, go Niners. Woo! I'd congratulate him on his Niners, but I've talked too much about them already, so I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, so for those of listened to this show long enough, uh, yes, we're a football podcast, and we talk Seahawks, we talk Cowboys, and we talk all things NFL. The one time we do go outside of the NFL is we also are big Star Wars nerds, and so um, we reviewed, you know, we've only been doing this uh it's been a full um well also last jedi was the one we reviewed uh i think that's episode 11 of this podcast so it's the very beginning and uh it's still one of our most listened to episodes which is crazy um everybody you know star wars nerds were passionate people so um monday night football they released a uh not this uh one that just happened but the one before um they released the final trailer for episode nine the rise of skywalker and um 
as the giant Star Wars fan that I am, I love the trailer. Um, it, it's it's your typical. It's you can't watch the trailer and go, oh, I think this is going to happen. I, I mean, there it's one. It's JJ, and if there's anybody who's good at uh, creating amazing trailers, it's JJ Abrams, and and they're all misdirection. None of nothing is in the right order. You have no idea what's actually happening, and and so to sit there and try and say, oh my god, the Emperor is going to do what now? Why are they riding horses on a star destroyer? That's been my favorite one. People are so mad about that. Like there can't be a horse-like creature in space. Um, who cares? It's a cool shot. Get over yourself. Um, trailer was beautiful, and it definitely got me real excited. And, and screw you, Dennis, for your hashtag, my friend. Just by saying that, I almost started crying. That's the hardest part of that whole trailer is watching C-3PO, um, you know, taking one last look at his friends. So Dennis created the hashtag, my friends, and we've been using that. Um, but I got my tickets for opening night. Uh, we're going to be, Dennis and I are going to be about a half hour apart. I think I, so I see it a half hour before he gets to see it. So I promised him I wouldn't send him any spoilers or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. I think not sure. Either way, either way, we're both going to respect it and we're not going to do spoilers even though it's only a half hour difference. <laughs> so it is going to end up being one of the longest Star Wars, it is the longest Star Wars film uh, ever in, in the saga, uh, two hours and 35 minutes, I think. So the, you know, the crazy thing, and Dennis and I both have both uh, uh, noticed this in the trailer. One of the coolest things, besides all the crazy visual shots, I mean, it's just beautiful. The, the, the cinematography, just, you know, even the, uh, the special effects, everything looked amazing. Um, but it was the music and I've, I, I've never, I watch a lot of movie trailers. I, this, I just got a new iPhone, but on most of my iPhones, I've had the Apple trailers app. Um, and I don't have it on this phone, but I I should put it on there, but there'll be times where I'm bored and I'll just jump into that app and I will look through movie trailers because there'll be something I didn't even know was coming out and I I'll watch the trailer and I've watched a lot of trailers and I've watched trailers for some of these, you know, sagas, these, these more than one, you know, uh, these film series that have the same music and all that type of stuff. And Star Wars being that you know, got John Williams, who is, you know, the composer, always puts together a fantastic score for the films. I mean, it's just as, you know, as iconic as Luke Skywalker and Leia and all the characters are, you wouldn't have it without that musical score that John Williams puts together. It's iconic. Everyone knows it. When you hear it, you can't, you can't start the Imperial March and not know what that's from. Um, and, and, and I, you know, this is the last one that he said he's going to do. And, and I love what he's done with, with force awakens and with the last Jedi, they were, yes, they were John Williams scores, but he, he, he tweaked them just a little bit. You got new themes there cause you got Ray's theme and, and all that kind of thing. But I've never watched a trailer and, and the thing I gathered from it most was the music. <laughs> And I've actually been kind of overly obsessed with the the way they did the music in the trailer to the point where there's there's actually a YouTube user um, that created he 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 took he created the music on his own computer gave credit where to John Williams all that good stuff but he actually went through it and he and he he created the whole thing so you could listen to the two minutes and thirty seconds of just the music and it's the same Star Wars themes. But they, but he, they had him change. They had John Williams change him, and, and even just the main Star Wars theme slowed down, 
and it gave you it actually gave you the sense that we are nearing the end like we are at the end basically that this whole saga is coming to an end and the, I, it was just weird to me that even you know a week and a half later I'm still I can hear that music in my head because it's so different from what we're used to and it just it resonates in there and it's a beautiful piece of music if you didn't notice it and you're a Star Wars fan go back and watch the trailer again and yes watch it but really pay close attention to the music behind what the people are saying all that stuff and listen to how it drives that trailer it is really something else Dennis asked about prediction for the end. Man, I have no freaking idea. <laughs> it's, uh, I have said that they better not blow up the Falcon. If they blow up the Falcon, I'm getting up and I'm walking out of the theater because that doesn't need to happen. That's ridiculous and and should be. Uh, I think that's a worse crime than than Layla Leia Poppins in the Last Jedi. And uh, you don't you don't touch the Falcon. Uh, but I have no idea. I mean, it kind of seems like they're leaning towards Ray and, and Kylo Ren, you know, team up and defeat the, the evil together. I guess that'd be cool. But, man, I have no idea. You got a title like Rise of Skywalker. Yet the only Skywalker that's technically, I mean, you, Leia's alive, quote unquote, in this movie, but technically the only real skywalker blood relative that you have that we know about is kylo ren so what what's actually happening i i have no idea bringing palpatine into it was such a twist that i i don't know i all i know is i really as much as i actually enjoyed the last jedi a lot of me wishes that jj had just done all three because i think this is going to be a spectacular film regardless of what happens if you're a star wars fan you're going to cry it's just gonna you can't avoid it um, but I think it's going to be great and I will definitely be seeing it more than once. I hope so at least. Um, so I don't know how it's going to end, man. I, I wish I did. No, I don't actually. I want that surprise. I want that. I don't want to, I don't want to know. I want to go in, do it like I've done for the last two, go in with low expectations and hope to be pleasantly surprised and then leave actually quite happy. I mean, I went and saw last Jedi four times in the theaters, so I couldn't, you know, I wasn't one of the whiny bitches out there that just hated it. Does it have weak spots? Sure does, but it's still, it's okay. All right, as always, so thank you, thanks, Dennis. Appreciate your question. Um, he will be sticking around. We will make, I'll still have Dennis call in every week because uh, I love his questions, football, Star Wars related, whatever it is. Uh, I'll get the mailbag rolling next week because um, I love when listeners get involved and be part of the show. Um, I really, really do. And um, so, Dennis, buddy, you're the best. Appreciate it. Um, that I can that week 10 matchup, your team, my team, it's going to be something else, man. It's going to be freaking crazy. I can't wait for that game. This is why I wish you still lived here in this state so we could watch it together. But then you wouldn't be Dennis from Ohio though, would you? You'd be, you know, Dennis from Washington. And that's just weird. All right. Game picks. God, I got my ass kicked in fantasy last week. Gross. I am not having a good fantasy year, that's for sure. And for the love of God, I keep forgetting to do my picks on Pickskin Pick'em, and Dennis is all over me every time I do. So we're going to do them as I make my picks right now, and I'm going to make sure I save them. Should be good to go. 
Uh, let's rock and roll. 49ers at Cardinals. Uh, uh, unfortunately, it's going to be Niners are going to take that game. Uh, Texans at Jacksonville. I'm going to go Jacksonville. Minshew Mania is going to keep it rolling. Uh, Redskins at Bills. Uh, Buffalo will win that. Buffalo has been a good team this year. Um, Bears, what a shit show. At Eagles. That's just a shitty game, but um, I'll take the Eagles. Titans at Panthers. Uh, I still think who they so they did say Cam is not starting this week still, so uh, I'll take the Panthers. Um, Colts at Steelers. Steelers didn't look too terrible once they got rolling against the Dolphins, uh, but I'm gonna take the Colts. Uh, Vikings at Chiefs. Six and two Vikings. Five and three Chiefs. Uh, I have not heard yet if Mahomes is going to be coming back yet or not. Um, uh, they'd be smart not to rush him back. Uh, Chiefs are at home. I'm going to go Vikings. Let's go crazy. One and six Jets versus the 0 and seven Dolphins. I'm going to be funny. Just I think it would be hilarious for the Dolphins to win. Uh, Lions at Raiders. Ugh. God, there's so many just mediocre to bad teams in the nfl this season it's just nuts um let's do uh, raiders are at home i'll go raiders uh, i'll pick bucks and seahawks here in a minute and uh, browns at broncos two and five versus two and six another fantastic game god the ratings for that are going to be insane uh i'll man i'm gonna go i'm gonna go browns uh packers at chargers the packers are all of a sudden on fire so i'll go green bay with aa ron like i said patriots ravens sunday night football game i'm taking the freaking ravens baltimore please kick their ass it'd be great and cowboys at giants i will take the cowboys and because i just think that they'll just i mean the giants are better but they're still not that good uh, before I pick the Seahawks game, we get the hell out of here. Uh, thanks for, for listening, of course, um, and staying with me, um, even though Andrew is, is going to be gone for a little while. Um, I did want to run through real quick social media, just in case you didn't know. Um, I got the Instagram information, so I'll be posting to Instagram more. And um, so, But you can follow the podcast on Twitter. We're at Common Ground FBP. Make sure you still follow Andrew at Andrew Guzman CGP. Um, and then I'm at Wenatchee Seattle Sports Fan, which is W-E-N-S-E-A Sports Fan. We are definitely on Facebook, facebook.com slash Common Ground Football Podcast. You can always find us and the podcast itself, no matter what podcast platform you listen to. If for some reason they go down and you're trying to find somewhere else to listen to it, you can always find it at our website, commongroundfootballpodcast.com, and then on Instagram, which is at Common Ground FBP. Uh, speaking of platforms we are on, we are pretty much on absolutely everything, including Spotify. Of course, Apple Podcasts, you can hear us on your Alexa. You can hear us on um, Google Google Home Devices. Um, TuneIn, I use TuneIn a lot for podcasts. I love that platform. Google Podcasts, um, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, you should be able to find us. Just search Common Ground Football Podcast. No matter where you listen, please hit subscribe. Um, if you're an Apple Podcast listener, uh, hit subscribe and then please leave us a review, um, stars and type something out. Just, just shoot us a good review. Uh, we would absolutely love you for it and appreciate the support from everybody. 76 episodes in, um, we don't have the biggest audience, but you know what? The audience we do have, we absolutely love you guys to death. You're so supportive and, um, it, this has been an absolute blast. So 
without further ado, um, I didn't have the sound going for um, my um, game picks, but I'm not going to pick. Winning. There we go. It feels more like it. Seahawks, Buccaneers in Seattle. Seahawks will win 20. Let's do 28 10. God, I wish it was more than that. I wish it was like 48 10. That'd be pretty sweet. But we're going to do 28 10 because, you know, the Seahawks will never do that to us. But that's definitely uh, the Seahawks will be winning. Yeah, winning. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, next week. Uh, we'll be back, or I'll be back, and I'm not going to say go Cowboys. Sorry. As much as I, I love Andrew, it's not happening. So until next week, go Hawks. Go Hawks.